This episode may contain language and content intended for mature audiences only. Did you see that? On the Fresh and Fit podcast, women said they think traditional men should pay for everything when women aren't traditional themselves. Americans scrambled to figure out who is responsible for out-of-control gas prices, and we'll discuss how we got here. Spoiler alert, it's not Vladimir Putin. And also, Ron DeSantis is under attack by the left because he is seen as a threat. Should this scare former President Trump? This is On My Mind, and I'm Ray Perez. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. This is On My Mind with Ray Perez, and there's some things that I actually wanted to get into. The first topic that we're going to discuss is actually common culture. I was watching the Fresh and Fit podcast the other day. I actually saw it come across a TikTok video, and there was a segment on their podcast that actually went trending, and it had to deal with a roundtable of women, all under the age, I'm assuming under the age of 35, probably, probably around the 25, 28 range. And a discussion came up that the women, a woman on there said that she believes men are supposed to be men and they have a part that they're supposed to play because it's in the Bible. Those are her words. Well, first thing, before I go any further and I show you the clip, let's be clear here. These ladies that appeared on the podcast, they set the stage. Their standards are that they believe men should be more traditional, like what you see in the Bible. As she said, be a man. You're going to see... She's going to say, be a man. Men need to pay bills. They need to be masculine. They need to be protectors of the home. That expectation that we're about to discuss, it's coming from them. They're setting the stage because let's just say if you believe that men and women, there's nothing, there's not a difference between men and women and they have both equal similar parts to play. That's your belief and I completely respect that. But this is what these women are setting. So I want to go to the video. It's going to be about a, a quick clip and I'll be... Uh, well, I'll comment right after. And they're supposed they to treat their women. They have, they have a part to play. It's in the Bible. Men are supposed to be men. And they're supposed they to treat their women. They have, they have a part to play. It's in the Bible. Like, what's going mm -hmm. on? Men want to be taken out and all this other stuff. Like, you a man. Like, be a man. Like A man. Uh, hold on, hold on. You want a man in the Bible, so that's a traditional man, correct? Yeah. But modern day women aren't traditional themselves. Why well, should he be traditional? It's the generation now. Oh. It's, it's the generation that we're in. No, 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 no. It's the generation that we're in. And men, I feel like men stop valuing women and appreciating their women exactly. yes. and making sure that they women is straight. Period. Modern day women are not traditional. Are any of you guys virgins? Uh, okay. Exactly. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. No, 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 no. Because if we're going to put the standard on men that you want them to pay bills and be masculine and protect you or whatever, let's go all the way. Can you, you guys can't, you guys cannot expect clean. a traditional man while you absolve yourself of traditional feminine responsibilities because that's a bad deal for the man. Yeah, absolutely. So none of you are virgins. Okay. Uh, how many of you are good cooks and have a recipe book or whatever it may be? Recipe book? See, no, I, 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 I feel, I feel, I feel <laughs> I feel like that used March. to play hold on, hold on, a part. Let me, let me continue. Let me continue. Because if we're going to, like I said, if we're going to, and you'll be able to rebut this, but the point I'm trying to make is, is that women cannot hold men to traditional standards 
not be traditional themselves and then expect a man to pay full price for a depreciating asset. I'm going to say that again. You cannot be non-traditional women and want the man to be traditional on his side and pay full price for a depreciating asset that isn't traditional on his end because whether women want to accept it or not, the reason why men were traditional and chivalrous was because women were virgins. Mm -hmm. They're polite. They're feminine. They're submissive. And when you got a wife, she was a wife, not a boss, babe, not a mm -hmm. boss, bitch. None of this stupidity that's going on. Okay, so here's a couple of things that I want to point out, okay? As the host asks, but you're not traditional yourselves. And her response is, it's the generation that we're in. Like, I, I think there is some truth to that, and I'm actually going to get to that in just a second, because that does play a part in what she's saying. But the question that you have to ask is, what does traditional mean? And can you still be a boss babe? And, and I said this before we started this podcast, this is for mature, mature audiences. So can you still be traditional and be a boss bitch? Okay. The host fresh asks, are any of you virgins? Are you guys good cooks? Are any of you polite, feminine, submissive, womanly? Not a boss babe, not a boss bitch. And says that you can't expect a traditional man when you're not traditional yourself. And the six things that I just listed are his definitions of being traditional. I want to stop here though, because I want to interject a few things from my personal experience. I took Fresh's definition and I also added my definition and I applied what I think is a boss babe or a traditional woman to my life. And if you're watching this, do it to yours. I know three women born in three different generations, my grandmother in the 40s, my Aunt Renee in the 60s, and my best friend who was born in the 80s. They all have traditional values instilled in them, and that's how they live their respective life from how I see it from my perspective. I bring this up because the values that I think Fresh discusses and what I'm going to interject as well, it's important because from my view, it withstands generations being traditional and being classical and being respectful. Adding to what Fresh said, my perspective, the three women that I discussed in my life, my grandmother, my aunt, and my best friend, they are selfless. They have never said, I've never heard them say at any point, I don't need no man. If anything, I've heard them say, I need my husband. Most importantly, they have instilled values in their kids. They provided, they provided value to those around them. These three women that I know are ambitious in their respective ways. Their measurement of success isn't numerical, it's spiritual. Do they live healthy lives? Are they giving? Are they caring? And one thing they all three that I know have in common is they have a relationship with God. And as men, I see their respective husbands, my grandpa, my uncle, my friend, their protectors. They're reinforcing the values set by their wives. So men, yes, you you have a standard you should live up to, even, even if you're not married. Lastly, fresh ended with not a boss bitch. Now, I do want to say here, in our culture, you have seen the rise of songs of independent women in hip-hop, pop culture, because women don't need a man. And he said, do you, do you cook? Do you clean? And I, I want to break the monotony here when he said that. I also thought she cooked, she cleaned, she don't smell like onion rings, right? Like, like that's what I mean. It's, it's in our culture. How many hip-hop songs are out there that talk about women not needing anyone else 
and being independent because they're independent or they're a boss bitch. I was at a Latin concert a couple months ago and the singer on stage called herself Bichota. I would say men and women are strong and independent in their own ways, but they need each other to thrive when it comes to relationships and marriage. And I see women who are single, who are mothers, my friend Liz and Jessalyn. They're strong, fierce women. They may not be married, but they set an example of what strong-willed, respectful, caring is. As did my best friend, as did my grandma, as did my aunt. It's because these values, they set the tone of, you can be strong-willed, you can be an independent woman, without saying, I don't need no man to take care of me. They set the example that I see of what it takes to be not just a, uh, a successful uh, wife or a woman, but how to just to be a, a loving and caring person to help those around you. Now, don't get me wrong, and I'm sure these three women, my grandmother, God rest her soul, if she was around, they would tell you that their marriage isn't perfect. They've gone through trials and tribulations. Who hasn't? But with these values that they were given themselves, that they espouse and they live with, it has helped them overcome adversity. And I see it myself that those these traditional women living three different generations and even some, like I said, some of my friends who are single and still carry and live these values, they set the example. Their husbands, as I see, it, I should live up and men around them should live up to their respective husbands' standards of being a traditional man. But women, I see them of what, a traditional woman, a respectful woman, one who is caring and nurturing, nurturing and submissive, what that actually looks like in practice. I see that what Fresh is saying, it's it's in theory and does everything that he said in that video, does it apply specifically word for word? Maybe not. But overall, you can tell the over con the overall context of what he's talking about. If you want the best, you yourself need to be the best. Hey, guys, those are my thoughts. I actually want to move on, and we're going to go to a break in just a second. But when we come back, everything is expensive around us. Why is that? And are, is the media telling you the truth? We're going to get into that in just a second. Stick with me. This is On My Mind, and I'm Ray Perez. Hey guys, thanks so much for sticking with me. As we just discussed, we were discussing the uh, Fresh and Slim pod, the, the Fresh podcast, where he was talking about how women want traditional men, but they're not traditional themselves. And now I think that's an interesting topic. I actually want to hear from you guys. Shoot me a message or set, uh, post some comments below on this video. And I want to actually hear from you. So I want to actually get into why is everything so expensive? And with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, don't be fooled, high gas prices isn't all Putin's fault. We're approaching week two of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and gas prices in America soared to their highest level since, since 2008, increasing over 57 cents in just one month. In parts of the U.S., gas at the pump costs an excess of $7 per gallon. At this point, we are going to be giving the Amish a run for their money. I mean, at this point, 
The Republican Party should actually start doing voter registration drives in front of gas stations. Do you want to start changing the electorate and start changing people's minds and letting them know that conservatism is the right way and liberalism is what got us here? Got to start somewhere. But continuing, the left and even the media, they're doing yeoman's work for the Biden administration. High gas prices and inflation on, they're blaming it on Vladimir Putin. What's happening in Ukraine, make no mistake about it, it is horrible. But even the gas shortage from sanctions that we imposed on Russia, it that was preventable. What's happening in Ukraine, it's horrific, as I already mentioned, but it could have been prevented. And you're already starting to see the left blame Russia and, and increase in gas, but don't let it fool you. You want to know why the U.S. is not self-reliant and why we aren't producing our own energy? It's because green energy, they're writing checks that they can't cash and they want you, the average taxpayer, to pay for it because you're paying for it now. You remember that guy with the mean tweets, orange man bad? I want to take you to a BBC News report in 2019 headline, Nord Stream 2, Trump approved sanctions on Russian gas pipeline. President Donald Trump has signed a law that will impose sanctions on any firm that helps Russia's state-owned gas company, Gazprom, finish a pipeline in the European Union. Okay? So he applied the sanction. Let's fast forward to May 2020. Nord Stream 2, Biden, President Biden, waves U.S. sanctions on Russian pipeline, meaning Orange Man Bad is no longer in the office, in the Oval Office. BBC 2020, May 2020, it continues. The Biden administration has waived sanctions on a company building a controversial gas pipeline between Russia and Germany. So what Trump initially did in 2019, President Biden reversed it. Fast forward. March 7th, 2022, Bojan Pachevsky over at the Wall Street Journal writes, Germany says it won't stop buying Russian energy despite Moscow's war in Ukraine. Whoops. Germany will continue to buy natural gas, oil, and coal from Russia despite Vladimir Putin's aggression against Ukraine, the government in Berlin said Monday. This means that Germany has to continue buying energy from Russia because Germany is self-reliant on Russia. So imagine if that pipeline had kept the sanction that President Trump put in 2019, Germany would not be reliant on gas from Russia because that's the only thing that Russia has going for it. That's the only natural resource that Russia has is selling gas. So right now, I know that Germany is not collecting gas and from Russia and energy prices have skyrocketed. But, they're, but one of their uh, government representatives said in the media the other day, that's not sustainable for their economy. So it's just a couple of weeks till they're going to have to open up that pipeline to get more energy from Russia, thus funding the war in Ukraine for Russia. And it's interesting that with everything going up, you're seeing everybody in the media from MSNBC to the, the, these late night hosts blaming Russia. And before even Russia, it was the supply chain issue. But that's just not the case. Robert Bryce has an opinion piece over at the Wall Street Journal, and it's titled, Blame Sacramento, Not Moscow, for California's Energy Crisis. And it continues, a fixation on renewables and underinvestment in fossil fuels are causing real economic pain in the state. California's politicians and policymakers eagerly emulated 
Europe's energy policies for years. So basically what they were doing is they were doing everything that that 17-year-old Greta Thunberg was doing. How dare you? You need to go green. Like Europe, California over-invested in renewables, under-invested in hydrocarbons, prematurely shuttered its baseload power plants, and relied on too heavily on imported energy. Now, as Europe is ensnared in Vladimir Putin's energy trap, Californians watch as the state's energy prices head toward stratosphere. Green energy, as it turns out, is the luxury of the rich, the elite liberals. Have you recently heard Democrats, even in the Super Bowl, pushing this, it's best, it's the best time to buy electric vehicles? During the Super Bowl, how many electric vehicle commercials did we see? And how many that, that people that you know, that you know personally, went out and is buying an electric truck? You want to know what the average cost of an electric vehicle? Around 50 grand. Let's lowball it, 30 grand. So let me get this straight. You want me, us, the general public, to pay thirty dollars to $50,000 so we can afford $7 gas. Why don't you just lower the gas a couple of dollars and allow more drilling so I can pay for cheaper gas while we continue to invest in new technology that makes green energy better, more efficient, and more reliable? As I said earlier, they're in green energy is writing checks that they can't cash, and here's why. Countries in poverty need cheap, reliable energy for now from mostly fossil fuels to, to promote industry growth. You get more industry growth, you get more innovation, you get more innovation, then you get more renewable, sustainable energy. Solar panels, I'll give you an example. Can They can provide electricity for a light at night, a cell phone charger, but solar panels cannot deliver sufficient power for cleaner energy to avoid indoor pollution. Or a refrigerator to help keep food fresh, or a machine needed for agriculture, or an, or an industry to help people be lifted out of poverty. When it comes to green energy or solar energy, you only get energy when the sun shines or the wind blows. To put this into perspective, if you and I were to take a flight to Florida for the summer, but I were to tell you, you have to take an airplane that gets its energy from solar panels, but I get my energy from fossil fuels, Are you? do you feel comfortable taking your plane? I do with mine. I have to go visit my dad on Guam once a year or every other year. I have to fly across the Pacific Ocean. There's no way in hell I'm flying on an airplane powered by solar panels. So why should we put the American people in a position to spend billions of dollars, which we're going to get to in just a second, spend billions of dollars for energy and power, especially during times when they have, when it, when it freezes during the winter or when it's too hot and you have people dying from heat exhaustion because they don't have enough power to power their air conditioners. When it comes to energy, solar energy, you only get energy when the sun shines or the wind blows. When fighting for climate change becomes too expensive, people will stop voting for it. And you're slowly starting to see it now. It's easy for the rich to agree with higher taxes because they can afford it. Taxes affect the poor more than popular belief. Contrary to popular belief, excuse me. According to Statista.org, the U.S. has spent over $50 billion on green energy. 
You know how much you know how much we use green energy here in this country? 12%. 76% comes from fossil fuels. But what is the answer to this nonsense? The answer to this nonsense is to challenge the obvious. The answer to the challenge is obvious. The United States, we have to start open. We have to start opening and uh, the the drilling floodgates. Keep in mind, gas increased over to three three dollars and fifty cents a gallon weeks before Russia invaded Ukraine. But the left doesn't want you to know that, and they're using this opportunity to impose their green energy agenda on you. Look around you. In our culture, you have electric vehicles pushed on you. You see green energy everywhere. You can't leave your house without it hitting in your without it hitting your face. But does the green energy help? Or is it just virtue signaling to make the rich elite who can afford their green energy crusade? The left doesn't want us to frack because they think that fracking is dirty. But that's not true. Fracking is cleaner. Clearpath.org says fracked natural gas burns more cleanly than coal and oil, so the net result is less carbon and other and and other particulates. By replacing coal with gas, America has led the world in reducing carbon pollution. The point is, the U.S. has strict environmental law that allows us to frack clean energy. What Biden administration is doing instead, he's going to other countries like Venezuela, like Iran, to have them broker a deal to get more natural gas because for some reason, their natural, gra their ma their natural gas is made out of sunshine and rainbows. And for some reason, when they drill oil in the Middle East, it's a lot cleaner. When they drill oil in Venezuela, it's for some reason it's like cleaner and we shouldn't do it here. No, what it is, it's just allowing the green left to be more virtuous and import more gas so we can be more reliant instead of being reliant, or excuse me, instead of being independent on our own energy. This administration would rather be dependent on oil from other countries than actually being energy independent. It allows left-wingers the privilege of appeasing their environmental base while at the same time keeping energy prices low. If you voted Democrat because mean tweets made, made you mad, it's time to start thinking with your pocketbook and not your virtue. You want virtue? Go to church. Coming up next, Ron DeSantis is under attack by the left because he is seen as a threat. Should this scare President Trump? I'm going to tell you why I think it should scare President Trump. Coming. Up next. Hey guys, welcome, welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in. There's this thing that I've really been wanting to get to. And Ron DeSantis, it just seems that Florida and Ron DeSantis is in the news every other day and trending on Twitter because, quite frankly, Ron DeSantis has become the progressive left's antichrist. But not only the left, but I think some on the right, they don't want to admit that Ron DeSantis is Donald Trump's kryptonite. First, let's start off with a don't say gay bill that's been making the rounds in Florida where the left, there's been some leftist liberals on Twitter that have been tweeting gay, 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 as if the new bill sa says that you can't say gay. That's just not the truth. I actually, I want to go to an actual tweet that was put out um uh if i can find so basically you know the, the the tweet's not coming up the video is not coming up but 
basically, Ron DeSantis came out and said that that's not what it says. And you know, you're you're lying. You're not being honest. You're creating your language of what you think it should be. And you're actually lying. Now, let me tell you why this is actually important. And honestly, I think that some conservatives, especially the Donald Trump right, and I'm not saying I'm anti-Trump. I like all majority of Trump's policies. But the reality is, is when you start voting for president, it's not what you like, but it's what's going to get you elected and who's the electorate. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that when Ron DeSantis goes after the media, he can do so without having to give them cute little nicknames. He doesn't have to call them little rocket man. He doesn't have to call them full neck. And the other day when he called out the these reporters, he set them straight. He said, this is not what the bill is. The bill, what it does is that you cannot talk about, especially homosexuality, to a bunch of kindergarten through third graders. I just find it weird. I find it weird that the left is so infatuated in talking about sex to kids. I'm not talking like 17, 18-year-olds. I'm talking about like six, seven, eight-year-olds. Why are they talking about sex? That's weird. That's like, that's grooming. And the fact that anybody is going to try and justify that kindergarten through third graders should be taught sex, that's weird. Uh, I think we have it coming up. I'm going to share my screen with you. Let's... Let's play the tape. Uh, okay. No, uh, uh, sorry guys. I, I am, there we go. Sorry about that. I'm just curious. You call it that. I've not seen that in any of these bills. Where is that coming from? Oh, I get that. But the question is, you know, you're in the news business. Is it does the truth matter or not? Is there is that in any of the bills? Yes or no? I understand. I understand what you're doing. But uh, and here's the thing. Like I, this wasn't like my legislation. Like I have certain big priorities that we did. This is something the legislature felt strong about. So I start getting asked about this by the by the media. Um, and and I'm just thinking to myself, like, OK, they're getting spun up. I see the le I see, you know, you know how this works. Right. And I was like, there is no way it's true. And I didn't even look at the bill yet. I just knew it wasn't true. And so you actually look at the bill and it says no sexual instruction in grades pre-K through three. That's curious. exactly what the bill says. If you I've look at the bill and I and I implore you guys to go take a look at these bills and see what he's actually talking about. And he also like he also made the rounds as well the other day. Um, Ron DeSantis, I want to actually share another one with you. He uh, he was actually telling kids to take off their masks because their masks are useless. And he's right. No, okay, so that's not coming up either, but he's right. And you know why? You know why I'm perfectly okay with this? The left bullied, because they said that Ron DeSantis bullied these kids and told them to take off the masks. Make no mistake about it. The left bullied the public through legislation. 
That's why it just looked professional. But they forced your kids to stay at home. They forced small businesses to close and some not ever being able to open again through ridiculous legislation. But if you look at different parts of the country where people got vaccinated if they wanted to, they were, um, they, you isolated those that were vulnerable, that's fine. But they stayed open and left the responsibility onto the cities, onto the people. And if they wanted to go out, they wanted to get their shots or their vaccines, fine. If they didn't, that's on you. But if you look at some of these red states, compared to the states that were forced to mask, forced to vaccine, the death rates are almost the same. So there's the only thing that you could have done is keep the vulnerable safe and get the vaccine if you wanted it. That's it. Now it's become endemic. And if you are still wearing a mask right now, you have to kind of beg the question. Kids that are continuously and have worn masks, you have to beg the question is, is there long-term effects? of wearing a mask because wearing a mask that means that you are you are preventing your immune system to build up to prevent your, yourself from receiving other viruses don't you wonder why casinos and banks there wasn't major outbreaks there's because casinos and bank tellers or uh, card dealers and bank tellers are constantly touching money they're constantly around the public and their immune systems being built up I wouldn't never want to partake in a case study that says, children, you over here in group one, you wear a mask for eight hours a day. In group two, you don't wear a mask. And let's see how you, that's not a case study that you want to undertake. The facts are out there. Kids are not dying, nor are they a distributor of this vaccine, uh, of this virus. Kids aren't dying. And if you're an adult and you suffer from an underlying condition, you need to get the shot and you wear a mask. That also means that you can't be going out to restaurants. That means you can't be going out to grocery stores. That means you can't be going out to anywhere public. That, that just doesn't make sense that you, you have to wear a mask and these eight-year-olds have to wear a mask because you're in a, in a classroom, but then you can go to other places where most people aren't wearing masks and that's okay. Like that just doesn't make sense. It's not like you enter in a classroom and only COVID lives there. That just, that, that's, that, that's just, it's theater. The best thing that you can do right now is get vaccinated and protect the vulnerable. And if you don't want to get vaccinated, that's on you. Fine. I respect that. Wearing a mask, it's become just virtuous unless I get it. Let's say you suffer and you're 30, you're 40, you're 50, and you have an underlying condition and you can't have anything because your immune system, you can't have any virus, the flu, a cold, that's understandable. I've been to a hospital where a loved one of mine suffered from leukemia and I couldn't even go there with the sniffles. I get that. I'm talking about completely healthy individuals. You wearing a mask it's completely theater. I played this on this podcast a couple weeks ago where CNN reversed itself in like three to four weeks because it's not science, it's political science. And because of political science, kids have suffered. Businesses have suffered. If you're in second grade right now, the only thing that you know that you know about school is virtual on, t on, on your laptop 
and masks. You don't know school any other way without a mask, and that's sad. And I'm glad that Ron DeSantis has a back has a backbone, and he doesn't need to call people nicknames to get his point across. Because make no mistake about it, when it comes to electing a president, it's not just only the politics. If you're lucky, you get a good personality. Now, in 2016, Trump was this rough and tumble. You know, he just, you know, he just said. Told it like it is. Well, now we're in 2022, and you know what DeSantis has going for him? He's legislating. He's legislating bills. At a time when we had a supply chain issue, DeSantis was working on opening up the, the, the supply chain through Florida, while at the same time, Donald Trump was talking about a rigged election in 2020. Which one affects your bills more? Which one affects your daily life more? working on the supply chain issue or working on a rigged election in 2020. Don't get me wrong. I've defended Trump's policies here on this program. I just did it not even two segments ago. Trump was great on a lot of policies. But the reality is, when running for president, even if you love his personality and you think he's hilarious, you need everything that you can from a presidential candidate that is fierce, that stands up, for you and everybody else, gives you the freedom and is also electable. Because you know what DeSantis has that Trump doesn't? DeSantis has the electorate in suburban women. You know, and, and he's also relatable to the suburban women's husbands. And lastly, before I end it like this, you know what hasn't surrounded DeSantis? Him sleeping with a stripper. Him cheating on his wife. And most importantly... There's no R word attached anywhere near Ron DeSantis. The R word, he's not racist. He hasn't been accused of it. Guys, that's On My Mind, and I'm Ray Perez. Thanks so much for tuning in.